This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Aaron out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. He's in! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm J.J. Stankovich, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor wide receiver Bill Brooks. Bill, today we are breaking down the Colts' 37-20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars at Everbank Stadium on Sunday. The loss means the Jaguars swept the season series with the Colts. They have a 4-2 record and command of the AFC South after today's game. we got a lot to dig into about Gardner Minshew's day, some things on defense, the turnover differential, and some other things with the run game. Uh, let's start, though, with Gardner Minshew, Bill. Uh, he, he throws three interceptions, a new career high, uncharacteristically turns the ball over four times. He also had a strip sack. Josh Allen got around the edge, knocked the ball out. Uh, Angelo Blackson recovered it for the Jaguars. They turned that into a touchdown. I think when you define this game, Bill, it's the Colts losing the turnover margin four to one. And it starts with Gardner Minshew having a day that when you look at the scope of his career was uncharacteristic for him. Very uncharacteristic. Uh, didn't expect Gardner to have four turnovers, throw three interceptions. Just did not expect that from him because he, up to this point with the Colts, he's been very good with the football not turning the ball over, getting the, the offense in positions to make plays and also go down and, and score points. But unfortunately, today he, you know, threw a couple of interceptions. The ball seemed like it sailed on him a couple of times and got yeah. away from him and overthrown Pittman one time and one time threw it into a coverage that looked like it was four defenders there and two wide receivers in the same spot. So there was a mix-up there somehow. And one of them down threw to Pittman down in the end zone. So – uh, that was tough to to see, and then also, of course, the the uh, the strip sack. You know, strip sack got them going, and they scored a touchdown off of that. And they had 17 points off those turnovers, so that was big for Jacksonville Jaguars to get points off of turnovers. And unfortunately for the Colts, they couldn't create turnovers and lost a turnover battle. I mean, Garden Minshew entered this game, Bill, having only thrown multiple interceptions in a game three times in his career. And yeah, I mean, you look at his numbers over the course of his career and and he, he's a guy who didn't turn the ball over. That was one of his calling cards. It seems like this was a, like, I I think we'll probably get to the end of the year and we'll say, okay, this is probably a blip for Gardner Minshew because you look at even that game against the Ravens. uh, He didn't turn the ball over in that game. uh, The last game that he started. And for the most part, it's not like he's been consistently even putting the ball in harm's way. That's what I think was so surprising about this game is that it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. that that sequence that Gardner had before his second interception where he throws the, the ball, he doesn't see Devin Lloyd sinking on it. Lloyd drops the interception and then the yes. next play, that's the one that he sailed and it gets picked off. And it's just sort of like, just almost, I guess, one of those games where things kind of went downhill and, you know, maybe he was trying to make too many plays, you know, after the game bill, I did like he, he put all the accountability on him. 
yep. for those interceptions. He said he put his teammates in a bad position and an unfair position by turning the ball over four times. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just kind of feel like I don't think this is a trend. And look, I mean, the, the other aspect to this whole thing, Bill, is Gardner Minshew is going to have to start at least the next three games. For the yes, exactly. And we'll see how much longer Anthony Richardson may need to be out after uh, the four games, if he needs to be out longer than that uh, while he's on injured reserve. But I mean, at the very least, I, I don't think we're going to get to the end of this, this four game stretch. We'll get on that plane to Germany and say, yeah, that game against Jacksonville was kind of the sign of things to come. That's just not who Gardner Minshew has proven to be over his five-year career as a quarterback. Uh, exactly. I hope that's uh, not the case. You know, I hope this is, as you said, a blip on the screen because, you know, for your backup quarterback to come in and, you know, for, we know for at least the next three games that, you know, the backup quarterback is going to have to be good enough to not turn the ball over and not give the opposition time, um, opportunity to score touchdowns or score points in general. So if uh, hopefully this is a blip and Gardner can get back to the player that we know he is as far as going out there and executing an offense, being efficient, not turning the ball over, getting the guys in the right uh, position and getting the team in the right plays uh, to run the offense. I mean, that's what they want, and that's what you expect from your, your backup quarterback. And I know the guys have confidence in him. I know the coaches have confidence in him. And uh, hopefully, like you said, this is just a blip on the screen and we'll move forward from here, especially in these next three games, because I think it's going to be pivotal for the coach moving forward um, to go out there and play pretty well uh, against these next three opponents. What One thing just to kind of drive this home, Bill, Gardner Minshew entering this game, his career interception percent. So the percentage of passes he's thrown that have been intercepted was 1.5%. Today it was 5.5%. That's wow. a departure. That is not a like, uh-oh, that's a, that, you know, that's a, I, I think until proven otherwise, that's probably a one game blip. Um, but it, it certainly was concerning today. And that certainly was the reason why the Colts lost. Like you look at some of these numbers. I wrote about this on Colts.com. It's if you just siloed off a couple parts of the box score, you'd be like, well, the Colts obviously won this game. The, the, the Jaguars in this game gained 233 yards of total offense. They gained 3.8 yards per play, and they won by 17 points. Remember that number 17 here, Bill, because entering week six, teams that gained fewer than 240 total yards and, yards and averaged under four yards per play this season were 0-11. The Jaguars are the first team to win while doing that. But the 17 points, that's how many points the Jaguars got off of turnovers in this game. Exactly. That's where it, it stands out. Off those four turnovers, the Jaguars got 17 points. There's the difference right there in this game. That's why you know people talk about how important turnovers are. Um, usually if you lose the turnover battle, more than likely you're going to lose the football game. So that's why this is so important to not lose the turnover battle and to make sure that you, you know, keep on, keep, make sure you keep holding on to the football. And if you keep holding on to the football, and move the ball down the field and don't turn the ball over. Don't give an offense like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a very who has a very good offense and is very talented. You know, you don't give them another opportunity or more opportunities to go down and score. So the least opportunities you give those teams like that that are good, the better chance you have of winning a football game. So you have to be 
good in regards to not turning the ball over, but you also have to be good in the red zone. You have to be good in the red zone, go down there and score. And, and the Colts, unfortunately, couldn't get enough touchdowns. They got field goals, but couldn't score uh, when they got in the red zone. Yeah, that first drive, Bill, um, you know, you're kind of alluding to there. The Colts go 16 plays downfield. Gardner Minshew is, you know, he completes his first nine passes. Things are looking pretty good. They go 65 yards, but then the drive kind of peters out at the 10-yard line. Matt Gay is to kick a field goal, and the Colts then don't score again until the end of the first half. And, you know, that's something Shane Steichen mentioned after the game. Like, yeah, you know, really wish you had gone down and scored a touchdown on that drive. I don't know if that totally changes the entire tone of the game, but it definitely helps. Definitely. The, the other thing here, Bill, is I was kind of digging into um, – you know, kind of what, what happened in this game. The Colts were not able to get the run game going. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the stats obviously bear that out. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss combined for 40 yards on 15 carries, an average of 2.7 yards per carry. But th this is something I heard from a couple of players after the game, Bill, that the Jaguars were in base, no yeah. matter if the Colts are in 11 or 12 personnel. So what that means is, the Jaguars had four defensive backs on the field, mm -hmm. which is going to be your base personnel. So that's usually four DBs and then three linebackers, four defensive linemen, or uh, five defensive linemen, two linebackers, whatever it may be that the Jaguars are playing in this game. Mm -hmm. And usually when a team goes to 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, the defense matches that by putting five defensive backs in the field. So you have three corners to match the three receivers and then two safeties. Mm -hmm. The Jaguars didn't do that because they were hell bent on stopping the run in this game. Yes. And I, I, I just have a couple of numbers on that bill, but just like if you're out there as a player and you see, Hey, we got three, we got, you know, three wide receivers, but, they have three linebackers on the field. What should the offensive mindset be in that situation, knowing that it's going to be hard to run the ball because you're not going to be able to get double teams. You're not going to be able to climb to the second level and generate plays as an offensive line by, you know, getting up and blocking a linebacker. You kind of have to go one-on-one -on -one, and that seems to make it pretty hard to win in the run game. Yeah. But you, you need to hopefully throw them out of that, as far as that type of defense, throw enough balls out there so that the receivers are, are winning those battles outside, winning those battles uh, inside where you got a receiver on a linebacker or or strong safety. So you got to win those battles uh, in, in regards to passing the ball. So hopefully you make enough plays, big enough plays to say, hey, they say, hey, look, we get, we can't do this. We can't play these guys like this because they're just throwing the ball all over the field and they're moving the ball up and down the field. Then once they bring in a nickel, then you start maybe running the ball and running the ball down their throat. That way you can make sure you guys get enough guys to block those guys in the line on the line and at the linebacker and get to that second level to block those guys. So then you can run the ball. And then if you do that and if you score early and get ahead of those guys and then you run the ball, you kind of dictate what you want out there on the football field from an offensive standpoint. So I think it's one of those things where if teams do start to play the coach that way going forward, they're going to have to make sure they have some success in throwing the ball, especially on the outside, and definitely uh, when you got receivers going against linebackers. So I, I went into pro football focus, Bill, and I looked this up. In this game, the Jaguars were in base for 37 plays, 
That's mm-hmm. out of a total of 75. So you're looking at about half of the plays in 50%. this game. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars were in base. On those plays, the Colts have the Colts averaged 3.8 yards per play. That's pretty low compared to their entire game average of 4.7 yards per play. The Colts ran the ball 12 times into base and they averaged 1.8 yards per attempt, but they weren't able to pass the Jaguars out of those situations, out of those defensive looks because on 25 passing plays, Gardner Minshew was sacked twice. When he threw the ball, he was 15 to 23 for 125 yards. That's an average of 5.4 yards per attempt. That's not going to get the Jaguars to change how they're playing in that sense. So the Jaguars are able to live in that feeling pretty comfortable that, they were not going to get burned by the Colts, no matter if the Colts were in 11, 12, 21, whatever it may be with their personnel. Yeah. And you know what? That's what the, the Jaguars are saying. Say, we're going to take our chances on, you know, make sure we stop the run. And we don't think they can beat us passing the ball. And that's basically what they said. And you know what? They We didn't beat them passing the ball. So give Jaguars credit for um playing that way, sticking to their game plan and executing their game plan. So moving forward, you know what? You might see other teams start to do that, um, play base and dare us to beat them um, passing the ball, um, you know, with the personnel we have out there. Now, I will say, give a lot of credit to Foye Aluakon and Devin Lloyd, the Jaguars linebackers. Mm -hmm. They're very athletic and allow – uh, Dave Caldwell, their defensive coordinator, get to get into these looks mm-hmm. in ways that probably not every team is going to have that kind of specific athleticism at linebacker. But like you mentioned, Bill, it's a copycat league. So teams are going to say, all right, well, this has now worked twice for the Jaguars going against mm-hmm. the Colts this year, where the Colts running backs, you know, that first game, it was Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, and Jake Funk were not able to get going. They got 25 yards on 16 carries, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And this game was better, but not by much of a factor. 40 yards no. on 15 carries from Austin Taylor. The thing, Bill, that that kind of stuck out to me, too, when you kind of really dive into these numbers and get really granular with them, is in the first half of this game, same thing, but 17 plays, Uh, The Colts offense faced the Jaguars defense in base. So that was out of 35 in the first half. So again, you're looking at about half on those. The Colts averaged 2.5 yards per play. They ran it six times for 12 yards and Gardner Minshew passed it six to 10 times, completing six for 33 yards. So it's 3.3 yards per attempt. So in that first half, when you're trying to establish what the rest of this game is going to look like, and the Jaguars lead is going all the way up to 21 to three at one point. The Colts are not able to move the ball against this look. And if you're the Jaguars, say, all right, let's keep doing it. And, you know, the Colts put up some some numbers in the second half, but never got within, you know, fewer than 11 points in this game. And it, it was hard because it, it, you had you had these situations where the Colts offensive line, I mean, I, I don't think they played badly in this game, but when you're going five on five constantly, you can't get into some of the, like I mentioned, those second level blocks that we've seen spring a Zach Moss, spring a Jonathan Taylor, that really leads to that efficiency in the run game 
And then when you weren't able to pass the Jaguars out of it by hitting some of those deep shots, you know, to an Alec Pierce, which Gardner Minshew attempted a couple times, or, you know, getting the ball downfield to a tight end, Kylan Granson got one late in the game, um, you know, but that was, you know, pretty, pretty far into it at that point. That's what you needed earlier in the game. You needed those passes to be completed and you needed them to force the Jaguars to start matching their personnel. So you then could run the ball. Exactly. When you, when you, when you go out there playing, you have to execute early. You want to execute early. So it gives the defense, you know, make the defense have second thoughts about what they're doing out there. If, if they're going, if that game plan is going to actually work for them, Um, because if you don't and you're not successful, of course, they have confidence and they feel good about it and they feel good that they're going to be able to stop you. And until you change their thought process, and the only way you're going to change their thought process is being successful um, with your offense while they're playing a certain type of defense and getting them out of that defense so they'll have to change. Why should they change? Why should they do anything differently? And they, you know, they stayed the same way and, and the Colts couldn't get them out of it. Um, so give the Jackson Jaguars credit for what they did and how they played. And they went out there and, and played well. And then they did enough, of course, on offense, you know, to, to score points. And we couldn't move the ball down the field and score any points. They got points off of turnovers and they just, they beat, they beat the Colts. Yeah, they beat us. Right. And that, that's the bottom line. They out, they outplayed us today. And you know what? Uh, so it's two games. Unfortunately, one at home and, of course, one on the road. And I think everyone knows about the losing streak in Jacksonville, and it continues, unfortunately, for another year right now. Real quick, Bill, on on the offensive side of the ball, Jonathan Taylor played 32 snaps in this game. Zach Moss played 37 snaps. So we're getting closer to that kind of 50-50 split. Now two weeks into Jonathan Taylor's season, do you think this is kind of a sign of things to come, Bill? Well, I, I think you'll start and see, you know, Jonathan Taylor, of course, starting to get into football shape. So he'll he'll probably get more reps and, and things like that. But I, I think it will continue for right now as far as who is going to have the hot hand. You know, I think they might start off, you know, one series, one guy plays, another series, another guy plays, or, you know, one series, one guy's play, one guy plays, and then he's get ti- he gets tired. So the other guy comes in for a few plays and things of that nature. But then once the game gets going, I think, Whoever has the hot hand. I mean, Zach Moss has been playing well. We know what JT can do. Um, you know, he had a nice catch and run on that mm-hmm. one play there on that uh, rub route there over the middle, the crossing route there over the middle. Two guys came and one person rubbed against the other person and, and sprung JT for Legally. the big, big run. Legally. It's, a, it's a rub route. It's uh-huh. a, yep. It wasn't rub a pick. It's a rub route. Rub yep. routes are legal. Uh, so uh, that was a big play for JT catching the ball and, and, and making a, a nice run after that. So I, I think what you'll see is I think you'll see whoever has a hot hand going out there uh, will be the guy that will probably get maybe more snaps on for that game. You know, the next game, it might be someone else. And I think as we stated before, um, that will do, uh, that will be something that's good for the offense because you guy the guys will have fresh legs down the, down the end of the season where, you know, you're not actually wearing out one guy all the time where he's playing most of the snaps. So they'll kind of go back and forth. And if they can share those snaps, I think that will uh, help the offense out. By the way, I'm glad you mentioned that Jonathan Taylor play because I, I love this. Usually, Bill, when you see a running back split out wide, so JT, he starts he starts this uh, this play 
split out wide. The Colts are in empty. And usually when you see this, it's sort of the running back usually isn't involved. Like it's sort of a, you know, okay, we'll use this to kind of get a man zone tell by putting the back out there. And JT comes in motion and they run mesh with Jonathan Taylor and Josh Downs. Yeah. Where Taylor's the guy coming in motion and then sprinting across the formation. You look at number 33 on Jacksonville. When when he lines up here, like he comes all the way over and it's third and five and he's giving JT like eight yards of cushion because mm-hmm. I don't think he thinks the ball's going there. But then he right. comes in motion and it's like, oh, shoot, I better get there. By the time he breaks in, that's where the rub route comes in. And yep. Josh Downs does a really good job on it. Ball gets in JT's hands. He hits the the edge and. I mean, he's he goes for 40 on it. It was a really well-designed play. And again, like that's a, that was a nice little wrinkle that I thought Shane sprinkled in there and good coaching on the part of the Colts. Again, because that's not something a running back is usually used to doing, but JT executed it really well. Josh Downs executed it really well. And Shane Steichen called it really well. To me, that was the best play of the day for the Colts. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nice little, like I said, nice little mesh there, nice little rub route. And you have JT coming across there and, catching the ball. And then once he got it, and you know, when JT gets an open field, you know, he has a speed to, to break a long one. And he did that and running down the sideline there. So that's what you want. You want to make those big plays. And I was talking about that earlier before is, you know, everyone talks about, well, they're not, they haven't thrown the ball deep down the field all the time. I said, well, you know what? It really doesn't matter uh, to me. If you get the ball in playmakers hands and they can catch it and have some run after the catch, whether you catch the ball at, for five yards and run for 40 for a 45 yard game, or you catch the ball on a 45 yard pass, it's still 45 yards that the Colts have gotten or successful. Yes. It would be nice to throw the ball down the field some because it loosens up the defense. I know that. So do you need to do that in the game? But still, when you get those explosive plays to me, if you get it from a five yard pass and a 35 yard run or a 40 yard pass to me, it's still a big play for the offense. All right, let's talk defense because this was such a weird game for the defense. (laughs) Again, you come out of it and you're like, man, those numbers are pretty good, but Jags scored 37. And some of that was, again, off of the turnovers, um, you know, that that the Colts had. So you do need to keep that in account. But I thought this was really telling, Bill. Uh, the, The Jaguars had four drives that ended in a touchdown. On those plays, they ran 12 on first down and averaged 8.7 yards per play on first down. On the drives in which the Jaguars did not score a touchdown, they averaged three yards per play on first down. So when the Jaguars got in advantageous situations on second down, and because they gained a good chunk on first down, their offense got rolling. When you got the Jaguars behind the chains on second down, their offense petered out and usually didn't generate anything unless it was a, you know, they got the ball in Colts territory and turned it into a field goal. That's what it came down to, to me that the, you know, the Jaguars had a couple drives where they got, they got things going. They were efficient on first down. And that was kind of the difference there for the Colts defense. Yeah. When you, when you have an offense that's efficient on first down and you really are, aren't behind, you're on schedule, so to speak, you're not you're not behind the chains. You pretty much have your whole playbook open to you, yep. so you can run almost anything you want. So it's just a matter of okay, we, do we want to run this play this time, or we want to run this play next this time? Oh no, we're going to save this play for next time. 
And the next time you're in second and two, second and one, or you're, you're, you know, you're third and one or third and a half a yard, you can pretty much could do what you want. Um, and that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars had that opportunity to do, to do what they want as far as an offensive standpoint, as far as which plays they want to run. And when you do that, and when you have that success on first down, it really puts the defense in the bind because they know that, okay, the opposing offense has the whole playbook uh, that they can use. So you still have to really guess and not, you know, and not really know exactly what they're going to do. Because if you have them third and 14 or third and 10, you have an idea what they're going to do. So you can set your defense accordingly to hopefully stop them. But when you, when you have second and one, the offense has a, their whole playbook and they can pretty much uh, dictate what they want to do. And you know what, as you stated, the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars, when they had, second and one, second and two, were very successful on first down. You know what? They scored. They got points out of it. You know, you look at some of the the things the Colts did on defense in this game, and, I mean, Kenny Moore the second had three tackles for a loss. Uh, wow. Samson, Samson Ebicom had a sack that lost 17 yards on Some the yards, play yeah. uh, late in the game. He also had a TFL. DeForest Buckner had a sack in the TFL. Tyquan Lewis had a sack in the TFL. EJ Speed, Taven Bryan, Julian Blackman, Shaquille. I thought Shaquille Leonard had a really good game, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of on first glance, I, you know, need to go back and watch some stuff. But certainly against the run, I thought he was really impactful. Um, and again, you look at this and you're like, it it's kind of crazy. The Colts lost this game. Juju Brents gets his first career interception. He has another, you know, another pass breakup in there. I thought he played a really physical game on the outside. Kind of yes. what the Colts needed there. Mm-hmm. Um and you're just kind of left like ultimately this defense did give up 37 points. And again, not all of it's fair. A lot of it's sudden change stuff, but that's a lot of points. And you leave this game feeling like they didn't play as bad as 37 points would suggest, though. Uh, I agree. And you know what? Less okay, the turnovers led to 17 points, but as a defense and a defense defensive player, I'm sure they're saying, you know what, when we're on the field, our job is to stop the opponent, mm-hmm. no matter where they have the ball at, no matter if the offense turns over the ball or not, we have to stop the opponent. So in that sense, yes, they gave up 37 points, but there are some things out there that you saw that you like. You know, I like Juju Brent's toughness, his physicalness out there playing. Um, I should say his physicality, not his physicalness, his physicality out there in the football field and what he did. So uh, give him credit. Um, I thought, like you said, I have to watch the film, but it looked like Shaq was around the ball, you know, making plays again, you know, he had seven tackles. So give him credit for that. You know, I think Abacon did a, did a nice job, had a sack. Mm-hmm. So give those guys credit for going out there, playing and playing hard. DeForest Buckner has a sack. Um, but there are times out there where, you know what, unfortunately they couldn't get off the field, you know, especially on that first drive, Jacksonville went down the field and scored and, and made some plays. So, uh, Jacksonville's a good football team. That they, they're they're a team that is very good. Have a, they have a lot of talent at the skill position. Um, they played well, but you know what? I thought the defense did it. it they played well at times, but uh, it wasn't enough against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know, for this team to to win games and to be at the level they want to be at, they're going to have to do a, a better job, of course, all the way around, offensively, defensively. 
special teams and play good complimentary football, which unfortunately didn't happen today. Real quick, Bill, before we get out of here, we should note, I, I mentioned Juju Brent's got his first career interception. Josh Downs got his first career touchdown. Really nice route that he ran uh, to beat Monteric Brown in the end zone. I thought this was interesting. After the game, I talked to both of them just about it. You know, what does it mean to you? And I was talking to Juju, and Juju just kind of oscillated in his mind between, like, this is a big accomplishment, but, man, we lost this game by 17 points. Like, you know, it it, it was kind of eating at him. And I, I want to ask you this, Bill, because I know your first career touchdown came at the end of a 26-7 to loss to the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. I pulled it up here. You, you caught a pass from Jack Trudeau at the end of a pretty significant loss yep. to the Jets. Like, how did you digest that after that game? Like, here's this incredible career accomplishment for you, your first career touchdown, but we lost this game and it wasn't pretty. Like, how did you, how did you digest that personally after the game? To be honest with you, JJ, it, you know, it was a touchdown, but it didn't feel good because we lost. I mean, I know it was at the end of the game. It was, it really, it didn't help the team as far as in regards to winning the football game because we lost the game. So it didn't, it didn't mean a lot to me as far as catching a touchdown pass. Yes, I did catch a touchdown pass because at the time I was doing my assignment. It was a play that was called game was still going on. still have time on the clock to go out and play. So I, want to play the whole 60 minutes. And so I went out there and played and, and tried to make a play. We scored a touchdown. It, to me, it didn't mean a lot that I scored because we lost the game. Uh, the touchdowns I scored when we won games, yes, that makes me feel a lot better mm-hmm. because we as a team, we won the game. And, you know, for these young guys scoring, yes, it's nice that they go out there and score, but the bottom line is you want to win the game. Um, you know, and, and Shane Steichen talks about his team, team first, team first, team first. So, you know what, if the team, if we're not winning, it's nice. Maybe years later when you retired and you finished playing the sport, you can look back on it and say, you know, that was my first touchdown. Um, he can, Juju Brents could say, you know what, that was uh, my first interception against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Down, my first touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. But the bottom line is, that unfortunately, the team lost, and that's what you—that's what you're trying to go out there to do—is win football games. And um, when you don't, it just—it uh, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Regardless, mm-hmm. for me, regardless if you score a touchdown or not, it's really good perspective there. And you know, that's kind of the vibe I got. You know, just talking to those guys of like, it—you know—it sucks. We lost. We lost by 17. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, especially neither of those guys really wanted to celebrate it the only thing that kind of got them both to perk up though bill was when i brought up the other guy i was like hey yeah. i mean that was pretty cool like you know you juju you had your first career pick like three plays after josh got his first career touchdown and they both are super happy for each other um you know need a, need to see them kind of holding up the 2023 rookie class while anthony richardson is out um you know, for this game. And then obviously for the next couple of games. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here on this episode of instant reaction here on the Colts audio network this week. Got a lot to get to on the Colts audio network. Colts Roundtable live will be out on Monday. Matt Taylor hosting that he'll be joined by head coach Shane Steichen, as well as Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights looking back at the Colts week six loss to the Jaguars. The official Colts podcast is back 
on Tuesday. That'll also be on YouTube with Jeffrey Gorman, Lara Overton, and myself talking about this game, what it means in the bigger picture. We'll turn the page to the Cleveland Browns in Week 7 starting on Wednesday with Inside Football with Rick Venturi. Blueprints to beat the Browns, that'll be out on Wednesday here in the Colts Auto Network. Thursday, Bill, you will be joined by Casey Vallier and Matt Taylor for a preview of Colts-Browns and a look ahead at that game. The Colts are going to be wearing their Indiana Knights jerseys next week, Bill. Uh, Black helmet awesome. first time. Looking forward That'll to that. Fun. Yes, fun. looking forward to that. That should be it. Should be it. Should be nice in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Browns had quite a win today too, by the way, beating the yeah, San, San Francisco. Francisco 49ers with PJ yeah. Walker stepping in. Yeah, that's a heck of a heck of a win for Cleveland. There, we'll have it plenty is. of time to dig into that and dig into next week's Colts Browns matchup here on the Colts Audio Network. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Instant Reaction. Bill and I will be back next Sunday night talking Colts and Browns. See you then.